So, hey, welcome to Consider the Question. I'm Steve, and I have with me three of my illustrious compatriots in the podcast studio today. Does illustrious mean we like to draw? Yes. Can a Canadian be a compatriot? Hmm, These are other it? questions that we have. We will consider them consider. later. Okay, just checking. So, Ryan Vincent, Jim Johnson, and Drew Moss, and three of the four of us attended a lecture a couple of weeks ago, and it, it was a lecture in a series called yeah, the McGaw Lecture Series at Oklahoma Christian University. So two years ago, we heard N.T. Wright, and were quite inspired, really felt the presence of the Spirit there, actually, I, I thought. He was good. He was very good. Last year was Ravi Zacharias. Okay, and both of these guys, we would assert, were familiar with their teaching and their positions theologically, and they have tremendous credibility in the Orthodox Protestant evangelical world. These guys are very well thought of, and we think and we think highly of them as well. This guy's name was Miroslav Volf, and he is the a professor of systematic theology at Yale University and the founding director of the Yale Center for Faith and Culture and the author of various books and whatnot. And so when you asked me, Jim asked me if I wanted to go to the lecture, and I thought, hmm, Yale theologian, you know, my first impression was this guy's going to be some cold, liberal, controversial guy. That was that was kind of what I went in expecting. I don't know. What what did you think before we got there? Uh, what was your Yeah, I had never— I don't know much I'd listened to him. I'd read a couple of books of his um, a number of years ago when I was dealing with some former students of mine that were asking some rather interesting theological questions regarding how the Bible speaks about violence and how uh, we maybe should have a more pacifistic response to our enemies in terms of the struggles and difficulties that usually happen when countries are at war, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, that kind of leaned me to have a conversation with them that kind of led me to some quotes of Miroslav's, which, and there's a couple of actually other people in our church who um, have been very appreciative of some of the writings that Miroslav Wolf has done, particularly in the area of forgiveness and reconciliation. So I, I had had that idea of him, okay. and I knew about his upbringing in Yugoslavia, former Yugoslavia, and some of the struggles that he had gone through. So I had seen those things, I had heard those things, and so, Tim yeah. Keller likes to, Tim Keller likes to quote him a lot when it comes to things like forgiveness and suffering and, and how that kind of affects our belief in God and yep. things. Yep. So, I mean, that's, that's what I was looking forward to. So, I mean, and then obviously the topic was about Allah and some of the connections between uh, Islam and Christianity and our belief systems about who God is. So as soon as I heard that, I mean, I was like, okay, I'm in, I want to, I want to. Yeah, his his lecture was titled, do Christians and Muslims worship the same God? At least from a from a Christian perspective, that sounds like a somewhat provocative sure. thing to suggest. And and I would say I would say that if I were to even back up a little bit and say, Hey, so what what have you said from the what have I said from the pulpit? What have we said from the pulpit? What have we taught in our classes here at Sunnybrook? Or what would be our kind of off the cuff Aspen coffee conversation regarding that? We would say we don't worship the same God. Absolutely not. Um, I've said that in a number of different sermons that listen like Allah and Yahweh are not synonymous. Those, those, they are very different. As probably many of you listeners know, Andrew and I right now have a young man who is a Shiite Muslim who lives with us, has lived with us for a number of years. And we've got, and all of our conversations are based upon the fact that the God that he describes in Allah and the God that I describe as Yahweh, and particularly the God that I describe as Jesus Christ, the physical manifestation of, of the Father, 
is not the same thing. And so I've preached that, I've taught that, I've believed that um, in, in, in many ways. I mean, yeah, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that would, that would have been our kind of our typical position that we would have mm-hmm. is that we don't, we're not worshiping the same God. Wolf would say otherwise in some respect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the part that I thought was interesting was his, his approach to it. So I wanted to go and listen. I mean, it's always good. I love, you know, one of the things that's interesting, um, and you know, I don't know if Ryan, Steve want to talk about this. There was a lot of like uh, preamble at the beginning of our time down at OC because they were wanting to make sure everybody knew that these the, the McCall lectures are not necessarily we buy everything they say we buy everything they're going to say um, that we want to create a context in which we can have honest conversations that we are a university and we we pride ourselves in what we believe and we also pride ourselves and there could be a good sense in this right we pride ourselves in being able to hear other people mm-hmm. that we may not agree with. But we want to create a, and that's what I would even argue what Christian tolerance can be, that we can still be respectful and kind and recognize that even when we disagree either with brothers or even with our enemies, there might be a, a context for us to have a, a very honest and open dialogue where I can still be open to be honest with some people. So, you know, that's, there was a lot of preamble on that. Yeah, I Did felt you, like I was guys... being told, be nice to this guy. <laughs> Hear him out. That was this kind of the, yeah. the subtext. And don't be mad at us. We're not saying that we believe everything exactly. this guy's about to say. Exactly. So. Well, I, I just have to say, I was, I was quite surprised by the end of it, and it did cause a whole lot of conversation. So let's start to break down his, kind of his arguments, I guess. Yeah. There, there are things about the way a Muslim would describe Allah, and a Christian would describe Yahweh, and I guess the Jews as well, that are very much the same. And I think what he said was, same God with a very different understanding of that God might be the, where his position was. Is that fair? Sure. I, yeah, I would say that's somewhat fair. He, he, he begins, and you know, we should probably have a link so that people can hear exactly yeah, what yes. he said, because right. as much as I think we're going to be able to accurately present his material, we're not here to necessarily argue with. I, I mean, I wish I could ask him some questions, but he's too too important for us maybe or something like that. Although we very humble. I bet he would even give us the time to be honest with you, but I think we're going to be able to accurately represent him. And so there, there's a kind of one of the, one of more of the fundamental questions, which I'm usually not addressing when I say my Muslim friend and I worship different gods, mm-hmm. you know, when, I, when I'm, what I'm trying to say there is more than what Miroslav Wolf was trying to say. And especially at the beginning, at the very beginning, he is talking about the existence of, so let's call it the object, the existence of this being, the divine. And so that object that exists, okay, uh, independent of us, mm-hmm. what is it that we as Christians, and then obviously, you know, the three major religions of the world that kind of ascribe to this concept would be Islam, um, Judaism, and Christianity would kind of have this, this concept. And so his number one thing, uh, you know, his opening statement is, is that we do worship the same God and then tells us all, you know, to breathe, to, and I, yes, and I felt to myself, calm down. After, I felt myself <laughs> bowing up when he yeah. said that. I'm yeah. like, what do you mean? You know, yeah. and I, I, we'd been warned yeah. right, that that was going to happen. So yeah. it was fascinating. And I, I loved, you know, here, here's, here's the part that I thought was interesting. He said, okay, now here, here's, here's why I believe this. And then I said, okay, I'm going to listen to you. And so his, his point is this, Miroslav argues that they essence of how we understand the divine and i'll just use that so allah yahweh okay the way the way that we understand the divine is i mean almost exact in this sense that we believe that the creator is distinct and other than 
the created. Which is not the same in all world religions. No, and that's why it's not everybody worships the same God. Right. It's he would he would he would fundamentally say no. That's not true. Actually, the Buddhist, the Hindu, um, all the other uh, pagans, pantheists, whatever. Yes, Baha'i. I don't know. Panentheists. They yeah. every other world religion does not worship the same God. But he would say that Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. They would all worship the same God in the fact that there is truly something that is other than the created universe that we are trying to understand, that we are trying to articulate, that we are trying to follow, that we are trying to you know, follow the teachings of or from, whether or not you believe it's Moses and the prophets or whether you believe it's Muhammad or whether you believe it's Moses and the prophets and Jesus and the apostles. So in, our, in our theology program, we would have called this the above the arch yeah. concept. There's, yeah. there's creation. And then there's that which stands apart from creation that yeah. is beyond our ability to truly fathom and understand. One one line that I loved, and Drew, you missed it, and you really... I did. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do that again if I were you. All right. Okay. Um, but one of the things I loved that he said was he said, if you were to make a list of everything... I've never heard this before. If you oh, yeah. were to make a list yeah. of everything in the universe, and you know, literally cups, chairs, uh, you know, cars, trees, sky, trees, clouds, skies, yeah, clouds, and... People, you would, you were dogs. You would, you would list everything in the universe that exists, and then you were to say, okay, um, oh yeah, wait, you should add God to that list, and he would go, well, no, no, God doesn't belong on that list. That he is, in essence, like completely other, like he's not a thing, and that is a fundamental difference. Just that he stands outside of the universe, outside of space and time, and, yes, and all that. So he's not one more thing, and that's what he kept saying. He's, he's not one more thing. And so, again, the the beginning premise that he had was, uh, and, I, and to me, I don't even know how to debate this because I think it's true. Islam, Judaism, and Christianity all believe in what is known as the creator-created distinction. And he says, for that reason, we're trying to describe the same object, mm-hmm. which is, again, to what Miroslav would say is that is not true in Hinduism yeah. and Buddhism. Yeah. It's not true in panentheism and pantheism. So, And, and here's my, I mean, as, as you said, I wasn't there, so I didn't get to hear the full explanation, but this is my, the, the thing that as my back gets bowed up, like Steve said his <laughs> did when he first heard this, you know, my, my question, I get what he's saying because, you know, these three religions, the monotheistic religions are distinct from others in this fundamental, that God is other, that there's this one God who is other. And so that's what makes, that's what in essence brings us to be worshiping the same God. My question is like, why does he draw the line there as that's what makes, why doesn't he, because there are other (laughs) huge fundamentals to Christianity, right? The triune nature of God, namely that Jesus is God. And, and so why does, Wolf get to draw the line at this is how many fundamentals have to match up before a religion is the same. Why can't I say Hinduism believes in a deity and Christianity believes in a deity? I'm going to draw the line there. Therefore, yeah, that's the line. (laughs) Therefore, they worship the same. And he goes, no, 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 that's Wolf would say, no, 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 that's not the line. The line is here. And I would say, actually, if we're if we're moving the line down, why don't we move it to the New Testament line, which is Jesus is God and say, Islam, if, if, if Islam does not agree with that statement, then it does not worship the God that I worship as yeah. described in the New Testament. You know what I mean? No, like I, think, I said, I didn't get to hear him talk through that. Or, yeah, but I think it's a great question. And, and, and this is why I thought this was interesting, too, is he, he describes in his lecture that one of the first things that we need to do as 
followers of Christ, particularly. So he, this is a... He is a Christ follower, He is a Christ follower. Yeah, I mean, no, an he's orthodox, orthodox. Yes. Orthodox Christ follower. Okay? In the end, I thought, oh, this guy, I'm okay with this guy yeah. in the end. Oh. But you kind of got to wait for it. You got to wait for it because, yeah. you know, there's stuff, some stuff that you have to work through and a little right. bit of it is because his context is different. I mean, not no, no one else is trying to be at Yale University mm-hmm. and trying to be this cultural bridge between different ideas and truly different religions. And so mm-hmm. as 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 I was listening to him, I thought to myself, okay, I need to ask, like, what is the reason for this? Like, you've asked, why to right. draw the line there? Yeah. And it really depends on what he's trying to accomplish. So a word that we would use. Now, again, for those of you on the podcast, you might not know this word. You might have heard, maybe heard us say it a couple of times, but the word would be polemic, right? Which is kind of an argument against, okay? So there is a polemic. So, and these, these, are, these are really true in the Bible. To use a quick example, um, just recently we went through a series on Wednesday night um, talking about the kings and the prophets and what what God was doing during that time in Israel's history. Mm-hmm. And the, the the prophets were arguing against, that's their polemic, right? They were arguing against the worship of Baal. They were arguing against idolatry. They were argu- And so it's in that context that they say, why would you trust Egypt and their gods over our God? It's not just why would you trust Egypt or why do you not love God? It's why would you? And so you have to understand, like, what are you arguing against, right? And so without that, you're hearing half of a conversation. So you're listening to one side of a telephone conversation. And so to just listen to Miroslav Wolf or whoever and not pay attention to why they're arguing and what they're arguing against or what is the reason for this? Why did they draw the line there? Mm-hmm. Okay. His reason. Now, again, I can't argue this because, again, in the same thing, yeah, I don't think I can argue against that, right? The other thing I can't argue against is why he's arguing. And what Miroslav Volf is interested in, growing up in former Yugoslavia, growing up in a uh, a torn civil war where Muslims and Christians are fighting against one another and have been for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, he is trying to find bridges of reconciliation between two diverse and antagonistic against one another mm-hmm. cultures. Mm-hmm. And so he is trying to look for common ground and then build bridges from common ground in order to peacefully coexist. Mm-hmm. Yep, so I think, yeah. I, I think he has, I, I mean, I would hope, he didn't really talk about this necessarily, okay, and I don't, I'm not even fault him for it, but... He, he wasn't, hey, let's talk about how to win Muslims over to Christianity. And, and to be fair, there really wasn't time Oh sure. to go that far with the conversation. There was a lot to say, and he had, what, 45 minutes to an hour? Yeah. So, you just you couldn't know, get there. So the conversation isn't, I mean, and by the way, the, evangel, the evangelistic concerns that we have are important. Mm-hmm. So we do need to ask the question, how do we win Muslims to faith? And if we worship the same God, then why would they even need sure. to change, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a soteriological or a salvation type yeah. question, right? And he's going, that's not what I'm asking. So he draws the line there, Drew, saying that there is enough in common for us, and not just um, in the object itself, creator, created. Mm-hmm. And so creator, and we line up on that. Yep. But then he would even say some of the, some of the basic characteristics of, of the divine. Yahweh, hero hero Yahweh. Israel, the Lord our God is one. That, yeah. that was his next sure. uh, assertion. His, 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 his divine nature, his divine character. The unity of that God. They're the unity of God. And he, but even in terms of the sovereignty of God, mm-hmm. that there's enough of those things that line up together mm-hmm. that he, he would argue that there's a similarity. Now, for what purpose? Right, because we would hear that, and the reason that I fight against that is so. You're telling me Muslims don't need to 
repent of their sins and come to Christ and find salvation in him. You don't think that, you know, because that's how most people hear we worship the same God right. is a freedom to worship mm-hmm. that God or the divine many paths lead to God kind of a mentality. That's not where he's going. And he really did, a, I thought, a good job saying, listen, guys, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking right. about reaching across the literally across the street mm-hmm. and building bridges where we can have honest conversations about, mm-hmm. hey, M- Muslim friend, Muslim brother, Muslim citizen, we believe these basic characteristics of the same God. Therefore, we can, in fact, coexist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. that becomes his goal. Now, you want to argue, I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't believe Muslims really want. Uh, yeah. Sure. That's yeah, the yeah, practical yeah. outworking yes. of what he's attempting the, the to accomplish. Pra- but yeah. his goal is not to find common ground by belittling. I mean, he really did a great job of saying, if I cannot articulate their position as they would want their position articulated, then I really don't understand them. And I respected that a lot. Yeah, he doesn't have the coexist bumper sticker on his bumper, right? That's not the, he's not saying, oh, we're going to all just get along. Although to be fair, um, to say that we worship the same God is not articulating the position that Muslims would articulate. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's not, that's not, which, and and I do get, so he's not saying that Muslims are saved by worshiping Allah. He's not saying they're fine, they're good. He's saying that our conception of God has commonality. Yeah. And so, so this whole idea of other is, is where he started. Then he went to the unity of God. Essentially, we all believe that there is only one God, and, and then later he got into some discussion about Trinity, which we'll get to, which is interesting, because he critiqued it. He's, well, okay, we'll go there. Which will, and I'll just say this, I don't know if he said what you said, Jim, but I, <laughs> I wish you would say, the way you put it is, there are common characteristics between the God they worship and the God we worship, sovereignty and otherness, I think rather kind than of to did. say- I think he said that. I think he yeah. did. But I, to, I could go back and listen. But he, I mean, I, I don't think he was saying, again, um, and he, what he wanted to stress too would be some of those care. I mean, and, and I'll tell you the part that I've always found fascinating, okay, is, and even from this, now I'm talking about my uh, interactions and my relationships with people of the Islamic faith, is that I was genuinely surprised the first time I was working, um, taking a youth group into a Muslim mosque in Toronto years ago. And, um, and I know they were trying to give me a, uh, a, a particular view of Islam. Okay. So when I'm sitting down with this Imam and he's teaching us about Islam, I, I know that he's teaching us certain things about Islam. Okay. And I, it was just after nine 11. So obviously mm-hmm. in the wake of that, I was fascinated by how much he wanted me to know that it is Allah, the merciful, yeah. Allah, the merciful. And they love to talk about, they do. Even my, my good friend Taysir loves to describe. So tell me about Allah. You know, because again, the caricature that we play, I mean, and again, I don't want to throw Oklahoma and the Midwest and that conservatism under the bus, but I, I think I hear from a lot of our people that, uh, that Allah and that Islam is only terrorists and mm-hmm. violence and anger. And, and although to try to pretend that's not part of the equation, I think is equally false, yeah, Sure, but to make that the entire equation is just not true. They will describe Allah the merciful. They believe that Allah will be merciful to them. Yeah. Now, weirdly enough, because of what they have done. Yeah. Okay. Which mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I would call that mercy. It's yes. actually not mercy. But but uh, again, they, they, they do see this merciful Allah in some respects. Maybe maybe it's going to be relegated to a certain group. Maybe it's going to be. But and, you know, to hear those things. And so that's one thing I really appreciated about Miroslav 
was he was trying to speak in such a way as someone of the Islamic faith, not out of just kindness, would go, yep, you've articulated my position. Right. Mm-hmm. And he said that is critical for us to have dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think we need to hear that, mm-hmm. that when we are engaging our culture and we're dealing with controversial topics, if we cannot articulate the opposing position in a not not just sympathetic but accurate way, yes, then we're. Uh, I think we have no you, integrity. You lose the moral high ground. We have too. no yeah. integrity yeah. Um, to straw man that or mm-hmm. to just kind of rip it down for the sake of. Um, anyway, the next most significant thing he said that we had in common was the from where we derive our moral framework. He said that, that these three yeah. religions derive their moral framework from the character of God as they understand God. And in fact, mm-hmm. he went as far as to say, Islam has nine of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. I don't know which, which one is missing. The Sabbath. Oh, the he Sabbath, said, he right, said, right. He said it's the one none of us do anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, there is a great deal of, of commonality in terms of how we understand morality, the basis for morality. Now, it may work itself out very differently, but, but the source of morality is the character of God. Mm-hmm. And that those three religions have in common was another See, significant. And so, area. if he's talking about ethics, right? right? Again, right, this goes right. back to his reconciliatory um, desire, his polemicer's goal, is that hey, I can now hold them to an ethic. Yeah. Which is, by the way, I, I'm doing this practically in my house with my, with Taysir. Is I'm you know we we are, we're describing hey this is you know what we believe and here's what, and it's not just hey here's what we believe as Christians. You know, I, I, I'm trying to find common ground with him about different things as I'm trying to share the gospel right. with him and his need right. for Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm, I'm going back and I'm drawing it. There's what's interesting was I was listening to him and I was going, yeah, what you're describing is stuff I actually do. As I try to say, hey, you know, in your religion, Taysir, da 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 and that's true in ours as well. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. let me tell you where mine is different than yours. Like that's actually, right. we would argue, like an evangelistic method. So, you know, either we're talking about two totally different things, and what he is underlining is that there is there are a lot of similarities in the object we're describing, particularly the distinction between creator and created. And then number two, that there are ethics are derived from the character mm-hmm. of the divine. And in that sense, we're all the we're all the same. And Ryan and I were in the lobby after the lecture, and he asked, I thought, an awesome question. Who was the god of Hagar and Ishmael? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yahweh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, they do biblically derive from the same point. Now, it's somewhere, you know, with Muhammad, things things took a different turn. Sure. Right? And if Mishnah gets his history right, Muhammad even said, wanted respect for Christians and Jews from the perspective that we're all people of the book. Yeah. He, you know, there was a respect yep, for yep, the book yep, yep. at the inception of Islam. Yep, yeah. Now, I don't know the history of it and how, you know, yeah. Where it all went from there, but and, and Islam would not represent their lineage in quite the same way that many of us would, but they would claim ancestral ties to Abraham, and that is right, where, right, right. and that is where again, Wolf goes back to to draw these these lines of commonality, and and I think it's fascinating because some of the times that someone like Wolf grates against our very kind of orthodox Christian sensibilities is because it doesn't seem very evangelical. We've talked about that. It doesn't seem um, <laughs> yeah. as gospel-driven as much as more of a sociological experiment. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, who and cares I, about reconciliation ex- with ex- my exactly. Muslims What's, across the street? Okay. Yeah. And, and, what I, and what he, I think if I could dig another layer below, if he could speak for three hours instead of one, I think he would say, this is foundational to an evangelical context, where now you can sit across the table with a man named Taysir, and say, 
No, all truth is God's truth. And so I am going to find what's true in your system of thought and affirm that. And then when we can find that common ground, I'm going to try to win you in a different direction. Sure. Coming from that common point. Well, I think the other part of it is, you know, Drew, you're on the campus all the time. Um, I think it's good that our people, right? Like I care so much about, we care about so much about our people. And I know they're thinking about Islam. I know they're, I know they're worried about the effects of 9-11 and ISIS and that. And so what do we do? Like it has a very real practical element. Like, you know, we can sit here and say, yeah, it's all about evangelistic things. And I, I'll just ask, you know, for those of you that are listening, how many of you have intentionally developed a relationship with someone of the Islamic faith to win them to Christ in the last six months? And I'm going to guess it's a really, really, really small number. And then if I were to say, how many of you have an opinion about Islam and about the general plan or intentions of the Islamic world. Close to 100%. Exactly. So, and that's the part where it's like, hey, let's let's kind of come down off of our evangelistic or evangelical high horse for a moment. Um, you know, I mean, just, just here in Stillwater, how many of you have driven by the new mosque that is being developed and had a thought about what they're doing in there? Mm-hmm. Right? And then as that community continues to grow, how many of you are concerned about the growing influence and population of, of, of the Islamic faith in America. Okay. hundred mm-hmm. percent. So th- this is where I think, you know, we can try to pretend, Oh, you know, let's, let's, let's keep it different. And let's, and hear me, I got tons of questions. I would love to have asked Miroslav, but there really is something that he is addressing that maybe I don't need to address as much as my kids will need to address, but I would love to begin to set the stage. And it's not about, it's not even just about trying to be peaceable for peaceable's sake. I, I really was, here what I was convicted about was, whether I agree with him or disagree with him, I, I was moved to think, may my life and my faith and my thought process have integrity, mm-hmm. meaning mm-hmm. Yep. true to the truth, not just true to somebody else's apparent truth, because I believe in the singularity of truth and the absolute nature of truth. Right. But I want to have integrity in terms of that, and that's what you're describing, Ryan. You know, So Drew, you know, on a campus... How, how does this begin to rub against? How yeah. does this begin to, yeah. what are some of the concerns that maybe you might have about, you know, hey, we all worship the same God? Yeah, yeah. So I all kinds of thoughts spinning in my head. You know, one of the things I, I think the, where I first actually got introduced to Wolf's thoughts on this um, was actually there's a big controversy last semester at uh, Wheaton College, Wheaton University there in, in Illinois, right? Yeah, that's um, in Chicago. Yeah, and so... So there's there's this professor there last year who who started wearing last semester started wearing a hijab started wearing a, a head covering to class every day and she said she was doing it um, to be in solidarity with her brothers and sisters her Islamic brothers and sisters her Muslim brothers and sisters and uh, and she said she did it because we are both people of the book and we worship the same God and Wheaton is an evangelical university and suspended her for that. And there's a lot of controversy, and they, they clarified it's not because of the head covering. You can wear head covering out of sympathy and out of solidarity with people, but it's because of that statement that this yeah, is the same your God. Doctrine. Yeah, that's a yeah. theological. Yeah, uh, she's crossed the line. Theologically. Yeah, yeah. So she yeah. went to two places. Um, she went to Wolf actually, and quotes that he had had yeah. about stuff to kind of defend herself. She also went to, you know, a lot of Christians, and I can't remember if she was quoting Wolf in this or not. She may have been, but. She said a lot of Christians would affirm that Jews worship the same God as uh, Christians. And so why would we say that Jews worship the same God, um, but not Muslims who, who do have a lot of the same beliefs about God and his character that Jews do? 
And so this becomes like, one of our, yeah, this yeah. becomes one of our primary things. But where I would go is Jesus in John 5 telling his own contemporaries, the Jews, that you don't worship the same God, that if you don't believe in me, then you don't believe in Moses, that you're not actually following the Old Testament. And in John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so if you don't, if you don't believe the sent one, me, then you're not believing in the one who sent me. Um, the sun. And, and so it seems like Jesus doesn't believe that the Jews were worshiping the same, the same God. Once they reject him, he seems to say that they're rejecting the one who sent him. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say this, you know, can I jump in and just kind of Do challenge? Yeah, let, yeah. Let, me, let me, let me, let me, you know, I, and first of all, I, I remember reading or kind of paying attention to that stuff that was happening at a Wheaton and I was kind of proud of Wheaton. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if I could just totally, tell you where I totally. jumped in, I was mm-hmm. like, good. Like, I'm glad we're not afraid to say we're different. We're not all on different paths ending up at the same direction. Like none of us believe that, mm-hmm. that there is salvation found in Jesus Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so there's no other path to God, but through Christ and believing in him. Now, here's one of the things that I'm going to, here's what I'm going to kind of, if I were to nitpick a little yeah. what you were saying, do you believe that Jesus is, when he says belief, Uh huh. does he, when the Jewish person across the table or across the dialogue from Jesus, uh-huh. and the one that when he closes his eyes and he thinks about the divine, is he thinking about the same divine as Jesus? Is Jesus going, yeah, you're thinking about somebody totally different? Or do you think Jesus, when he is describing belief, is describing a commitment to and an obedience to? Mm. Okay. So again, I, I think when we say belief, because I yeah. had this conversation with somebody at yeah. the at the mm-hmm. at the yep. McCall lectureship, yep, yep, yep. there was somebody else that was there who was from Stillwater, and we had this conversation. And I asked him that question. I said, "Hey, what do you think?" And he said, "Well, I disagree with him." And he said, kind of what you just said, mm-hmm. and he used that phrase from from John's Gospel that even the Jews don't worship the same God as us, which was a little bit strange for me because I'm thinking, no, actually, I think we do. Now, we don't worship in the right way because we accept Christ, and Christ is clearly part of the triune nature of God mm-hmm. and all of that, okay? But he said, no, 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 Jesus said that they weren't worshiping the same God. And I had to go back and even take a look at that text and, and really it- ask, what is Jesus saying by belief? And I think when we when Jesus says, you don't believe in the same God, it's not that when you close your eyes, you're not trying to describe the same object, mm-hmm. but it's that your own rebellion and your own hard-heartedness is being disobedient to him. Jesus isn't saying, hey, by the way, you guys have everything wrong in your understanding of God in his, and I don't want to use this big word, but I have to kind of a little bit, in his ontology, in the uh-huh. essence of his being. Okay, uh-huh. so that's it. You, you don't have an, an understanding at all about the essence of the divine. I think Jesus is saying, you don't believe Moses because you don't follow him, is I think what Jesus yeah, is yeah, arguing. Yeah. Not that they're worshiping like Artemis or they're not they're not worshiping Dagon or they're not worshiping another god like that, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think he's arguing that. I don't, I don't think he's saying, hey, you guys aren't worshiping Yahweh. Except he would say, you're not worshiping Yahweh because if you really were worshiping Yahweh, you would yeah. this. Yeah. So I don't think he's arguing the essence of the being is different therefore a different being. He is saying you aren't worshiping him or you're not believing in him, and it's not just mental ascent. Yes, you're not it doing it in spirit and, and truth. You're doing it falsely. Yes. You're, yeah. you're, you're tr- attempting to worship the true God in a false way. And yeah. that's what I think Jesus is saying in John's gospel. You are worshiping the true God wrongly. And and I think there's some truth to that. I'm, uh, you know, I got all kinds of things in my head, but I think that there's 
Why yes, can't it's probably you true. just let your... I'll just say it. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know how we... I do believe in John's gospel. Belief has a lot to do with our actions and our follow through. I don't know how John... I don't think John or Jesus divorces the two to sure. say you can have a right mental belief and not a right physical belief. I think it, I think those are so much tied together that he would say in the end, it's, it's either belief or not belief. And so if I, if I describe to you the flying spaghetti monster and I start listing enough of, <laughs> you know, if I start listing enough, the flying spaghetti monster is merciful and the flying spaghetti monster is full of grace and he's sovereign. If I just list enough characteristics, are you essentially worshiping the same God as Yahweh just in a wrong way if okay. I list off all the characteristics? Well, let me ask because in his, if we're going to ontology, we would say in his ontos, he is actually different. He's when you remove the second person of the Trinity from the equation sure. um, and, and curse him, saying that he works by the power of Beelzebub, then that is a different ontological God, a different God in his essence. Yeah, and I, and I by the way, yes. So I'm not going to disagree yeah. with anything that you just said. But what if Good. I... <laughs> no, I mean, I think... I, no, I, honestly, this is why I want to have this kind of a dialogue, right? Yeah. But let me ask you this. So I don't worship Yahweh. I worship Jehovah. So you use spaghetti monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I worship Jehovah, not Yahweh. Yeah. And he's merciful, and he sent his son to die. Yeah. Do I yeah. still worship the same God as you? Well, you do have the one that sent his son to die, at least. Sure. No. <laughs> Does Jehovah include no, but, Jesus? But I'm saying my you, had, you, had, you had the whole idea of, you know, you, know, you had spaghetti monster, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you took everything else. So obviously you're not... You're not even proposing that the issue is the name. Well, I'd say the main issue is Jesus. That's the main issue. And then I guess what I'm now, just saying. What about saying, before Jesus, though? Yeah, and that, and yes, yeah. I get where that gets. So, what, who that did, gets sticky. so then who did Isaiah worship? Did he worship the same God we worship? Yes. Did Abraham worship the same God? Did Moses worship on Mount Sinai the same God we did? Yes, this is but even the though they, even though they yes, didn't know Jesus. Yeah. Yes, this is this is where this is how I would answer, admittedly not completely comfortably. <laughs> um, this is how Tell I would me answer. About your spaghetti <laughs> this is how I would answer is that you know we we believe in what's called progressive revelation that God reveals more and more of Himself as time goes on, and so throughout, especially the from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there's more of Him revealed. But I believe that. As he is revealed, like we are to believe in and obey and follow all of what is revealed. Yep. And when we, and, and so Abraham faithfully believed and followed all that was revealed of God. And so did Moses and so did it. And then as, as God revealed more and more, those who began to reject those parts of him were rejecting God, in essence. So, so for those who, once Jesus is revealed as part of that picture, those who reject are rejecting God, if that makes sense. No, but, but, but again, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, once again. <laughs> Good. Good. Totally once agree. Again. However. However. Well, here's the, here's the however part, is that I think we always get wrapped up. In, maybe we should. We always get wrapped up in the, the implications of that on the believer. And I don't know if that's what Mir I don't think that's what Miroslav is arguing. No. Okay. And I don't even know if it's we always have to argue. So I'm not arguing whether or not the implications on the Pharisee who refuses to accept Christ are different than the implications of Abraham, who didn't even have an opportunity to know Christ and just had to see him dimly, mm -hmm. right? The way the Bible describes that. 
but are they are they appealing to the same being? Is all is is what Miroslav is arguing? Yeah. So again, you can say no, no, no. Those are two different beings. Yeah. You know, the the more that I begin to think about it, the more I think it's it's an interesting conversation. Again, why are you you always have to ask why are you asking this? Yeah. yeah. Well, because I'm trying to I'm trying to get all my Muslim friends into the heaven. That's why I'm trying to do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, it's not that's not going to happen. So I think it might be healthy for us to begin to think through like what are the logical implications of this. And, and, and for a moment at times, just to kind of separate, listen, I'm not trying to argue, are the implications me on this side of the cross going to be different for a misunderstanding of the son mm-hmm. as part of the triune nature? But do, do, are Moses and I both appealing to the same being? Yeah. And yeah. I would say the answer is yes. Yeah. And yet Moses didn't know who Jesus is. And you, well, he didn't know yet. Okay. But that's not, we're not asking like, you know, the implications for him and the implications for me or the implications for the Pharisees. We're asking, are we both looking in the same direction? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I I mean, I would argue strongly, very strongly that the Jewish people of the old Testament easily were looking in the same direction. Mm -hmm. I think I believe, um, no, I, I believe that the, my Jewish friends right now, I'm going to Israel in a couple, Steve and I are going to be in Israel in a couple of weeks. I, I believe they're aiming in the same direction. Miroslav says the Muslims are too. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was kind of a fascinating way to describe it because I get so wrapped up in the implications. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and Miroslav is saying, hey, hold off on that for a second. Yeah. Right. He, Miroslav goes way, 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 way down to... The, the kind of the, the least common denominator, and that's where he wants to play around. He doesn't want to talk about all this other, you know, implications or the, the, the fringes of it. And I will never relegate Jesus to a fringe, but he is saying that that is, that is not what he's talking about. Um, and I think that he almost brushes up against what's known as the ontological argument, where he talks about the common area between these three monotheistic faiths is that there is a creator God that's other than, that is the greatest conceivable being in the universe. Look up the ontological argument on Wikipedia. We don't have time. But um, (laughs) that there's something there that is so distinct and so um, much greater than everything else that if that's true, there can only functionally be one of those. And so if you ascribe to it, we're ascribing to the same one of them because there's only one of them. Now, a lot of people interact with that one of them very, very wrongly. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore will face eternal damnation for that. Yes, and therefore will never find righteousness or favor with that God, which we, which we fully believe only comes through Christ. But he is saying that at that very, very back end of it, there is that one being that we're all aspiring to interact with or to, to understand. And he says that, like, Philosophic. This really is a philosophical argument. Philosophically speaking, there can only be one, and therefore we're all generally looking in the same direction. It's just a lot of us are looking really poorly. Yeah, and that I get. I get to some extent that I do believe this that that God has set in every human heart kind of this this um, feeling of the divine and 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 this sense that there is more. 
there is more than just us and what we see. No matter to to whatever degree people have suppressed that and yeah. try and push that out. I know there are a lot of people would say I don't sense any of that, and I would say I think that's because you you've suppressed that yeah. over time. If you're honest, your so, conscience, so yeah, hardened your heart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I do believe that there is that sense of of the divine within us. Um, that that man, there's more, and, and I guess since there really is only one divinity, one deity, that in that sense, yeah. what we all feel or what we all long for, I guess would maybe be the question, is all the same thing. Yeah. And so I think I think Miroslav is just dealing with that little sliver yes. of yep. it for reasons of reconciliation. And to be honest, let's not forget he is a scholar that needs to write books. And therefore <laughs> you 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 find these controversial things yes. right. and you publish. Well but he and he is in a post religious war torn country yeah so let's i mean it's his it's, context is he, very he may, different than he ours. may be somewhat prophetic to us saying yeah. hey listen like i'm not living in america before some kind of cultural yeah. you know and literal war that takes place you know i mean that's i mean what he, he gets to come along and say hey have you heard about bosnia and herzegovina do you yeah. know about this and do you understand so hey i'm just telling you you guys might want to think about how you can find some some yeah. some some places where you're not killing each other and causing genocide mm-hmm. um and is that going to be beneficial for society mm-hmm. that we don't do that and i think the answer is yes so i think religion if we're going to the lowest common denominator is is bent around these two questions who is god and how do we get to him mm-hmm. and and if that is at the base level of of what a religion is i think that um islam answers both of those differently than we do god is father son and spirit in the triune god you know yeah. the triune nature and and we get to him not through the five pillars of islam or not through these things but we get to him through jesus that's also why i always say to I, I don't always say it depends on the conversation, but when I'm getting into a conversation with a Muslim friend and they want to talk to me about Allah being merciful, I want to say to them, how explain exactly. to me right. or, or actually exactly. what I'll ask is, is he just, well, yeah, he's just. And then I want to ask, how is he both of those things? Because you mm-hmm. cannot be just in that you always punish sin and merciful in that you forgive sin at the same time. Um, it well, is for, through, and forgive sin by not, like just by ignoring by it. not being yeah, just yeah, yeah, by yeah. not being just <laughs> exactly. literally exactly. like there is no penalty for it that's right? the, that's that's so. what we have that they don't in Romans yeah. 3 that yes. Jesus became the propitiation took the punishment yep. allowing God to be both the just and the one who justifies those yeah. who have faith in Jesus you know and by the way so. Miroslav got there good yeah. the good in good. the end he he differentiated two things one was the Trinity, the Trinitarian understanding of God, in which yeah. he actually gave a critique of how Christians often mishandle it, leading Muslims to, conclu- to conclude that we're polytheistic because we do such a poor job of talking about the unity of God in the way we talk about the Trinity. Yeah. It was fascinating to hear him talk about that. And the other one was salvation found in Jesus. Mm, and yeah. he was like, now here we're very different. Yeah. yeah. So even his thesis statement. And we're right and they're wrong. Yeah. Yes. Like he's oh not, no. He's absolutely. Not, he's, he's exclusive with yeah. that. Yes. As well. yes, yes he yes. is very quick to 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 recognize that his thesis statement that Muslims and Christians are talking about the same God comes with a host of qualifiers around. Oh it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so he's he doesn't. I mean, I think he throws it out there at the beginning to get your ears open, but he he will then back it way down and say, no, this is exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. You yeah. can you can peel the coexist sticker off your car. He's, yeah. right. he's not. Right, 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 you know, right. it's not. Hey, should I get a coexist sticker? Because I heard you listen to Miroslav Wolf. Well, um, Miroslav Wolf would not support the underlying tenets 
of the coexist yeah. bumper yeah. stickers. No. I thought end, you had to go. I, I am going. Okay, I so as he's leaving, better tonight. Thanks, man. So. As he's leaving, here's the part that I would say that yet Drew made a mistake on again, um, <laughs> and he can kind, he can kind of hear it as he's leaving. But again, but here's what Drew did. Like Drew, Drew totally is looking at it from our perspective. He is not sure. looking at it from like where are they looking at it. He's asking, are they getting it wrong? And I'm going, that's not the that's not really the question Miroslav was asking. Right. He's not asking, are they getting it right when they're answering those questions? He's asking more or less. And I like I like to think of it this way: like, are we looking in the same direction? Not are we seeing it the same way, but are we looking in the same direction per se? Um, and again, every analogy breaks down. So don't go. Well, aren't all people? No, I mean. Based on some other things, not everybody is looking in the same direction. People yeah. are looking for a God that is in the created, right? So Buddhism, Hinduism, um, every other world religion is is tied within the created order. So they're actually, they're looking to the created. And we are looking to a creator, to an mm-hmm. other than being. Yeah. The transcendent. The, the, the there transcendent. are two categories of existence that the three major faiths would say. Yes. There is eternally forever existent and then there is created which is and there's only one of those yes and then there's created and miroslav is talking very much about category one yeah. that's what he's talking right. about yeah right and that's the part you know when drew's asking that you know they get what were the two things he said something who is god and how do you get to him sure right right and, and he is talking about who is god and how do you even though we describe him differently mm-hmm. you know i mean and, and there has to be a, you got to be careful with this but i mean drew and i might describe god differently yep are we mm. still describing the same God? Mm-hmm. This church describes God differently than other churches in town. Are we still all describing the same God? Or are many when we've had this episode, are Arminians and Calvinists describing the same God, and they describe Him very differently? Sure, but is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah same well, I'm not arguing with you because yeah. if Drew were here, he would just be embarrassed. <laughs> Wolf, um, he, he, whenever we kind of argue against his thesis, one of our one of our knee jerk reactions, and and I think rightfully so. Um, but then we got to come back off of it a little bit. Is the incarnation, the personal work of Jesus Christ, and then the coming of the Spirit, and therefore we're we're down to the Trinity. And so we are a Trinitarian faith. The Islam is a Unitarian faith, a one God. There's no personhood to God. He is just one. We don't believe in three gods. We believe in a three-personed God. Now, when Muslims critique Christianity, they critique us as being, or they criticize us for being tritheists yes polythe almost polytheistic yeah right which is which is um due to two things one they misunderstand the trinity yes and so they're not describing things how we would want them two they're saying back to us some of the bad stuff we say about the trinity yeah they're exposing some of our bad thinking and so one of wolf's statements was christians have a lot to learn about Trinity about the their trinity by listening to Jews and Muslims describe monotheism pr- much more accurately than we do at times because yep. I think that we and this is where the, the doctrine of the trinity is just so complex and and I I think I've heard Drew say it I don't know if he got it from somewhere else or if it's his but the second you feel like you've pinned down the trinity and you fully understand it you're likely a heretic and we've got a number of church councils that'll deal with you on that one <laughs> But it is essential to our understanding of God when it comes to the salvation question. And that's where we can't escape it. But we do need to do a better job of not describing um, there's a heresy known as modalism where God kind of changes his face. We're trying really hard not to be polytheists. We're trying really hard to remain monotheistic, but we'll just describe that 
well, okay, God is Father now, and then he acts as Jesus, then he acts as, as Holy Spirit. He's kind of wearing different masks at different times for whatever function he needs to perform. And that's not true. That's not what the Bible teaches. There is, I mean, I think that that is just one of the great mysteries of the faith, and yep. we can't touch it too, you know, we shouldn't grasp it too firmly. We just need to believe it with everything we got. Um, but Wolf just, he said, one of the things that you're going to struggle with as you ask this question between Muslims and Christians and the same God is the issue of the Trinity. Make sure you go, don't go so far against Islam that you become a polytheist in the process. Mm-hmm. Because that is, um, that is something that uh, my, my stepmom um, grew up a Muslim. And it took her 10 years in kind of the evangelistic context before she finally submitted to Christ. And she always said she couldn't get over the Trinity. It was ingrained in her and rightfully so, that there is only one God. And she could not fathom how we talked about this three-headed God. And, and I don't even know if I have a whole lot of advice on how to talk about it well, but Wolf just makes, he, he makes this big, big point that there is this commonality between the three major monotheistic faiths, and it's that word monotheism. And our, yes. our language about the Trinity sometimes does that word a disservice. Yeah. Just don't use an egg, people. <laughs> yeah. Don't use an egg. Well, I mean, yeah, I think Steve's using the analogy, you yeah. know, ice, water, steam, all of those things. Right, right. When we over-explain the Trinity, it creates a it creates a problem. I mean, one of the things that I've loved in my conversations with my um, Islamic friends is that particular question where I want to say th- they're very excited to talk with me about how much they appreciate Jesus. And I said, yeah, but you don't understand who he is. You don't mm-hmm. know his nature. He's God. And then they look at me like they I'm crazy. They can't process incarnation. They can't process that. You know, so how many gods yeah. do you have? One. Yeah. I have one God. Yeah. And and I've got to wrestle with that. I love the idea of you saying, hey, we need to be careful about this because they're right on this. Yeah. And when we try to create a polemic to differentiate ourselves for the sake of differentiation, we may create another problem with our own belief system. Yes. You know, maybe this one could we could come back and talk about it later, or I'll I'll just just talk about it briefly. Was I've always been concerned over people's complaint against Islam that they're violent, um, that their God is about violence, that there's a lot of anger, that there'd be a holy war, and God would never. The one thing I know about God, I hear people say this all the time. The one thing I know about God is God would never um, kind of collect His people on mass and tell them to go and to destroy other nations for His name's sake. <laughs> And I'm going, dude, you're a Christian pastor. How can you say that? You haven't oh. preached Joshua in a while, exactly. have you? Haven't, you've yeah. been, you haven't been to the judges. I mean, so in the end, I mean, we, we literally, we want to differentiate. And by the way, there is a difference. Yeah. But when we just kind of say, oh, yeah, we're so different. We're trying to create this difference and we're a people of love. I think it's one of the reasons why our younger people are now having a real hard time with our book is because we sold them on love at all costs. We've sold them on peace at all costs. We've sold them at kindness at all costs. And in essence, we've created some real serious problems with our own text. Well, both the Bible (laughs) and history would suggest, because it's a very checkered past in terms, you look at the Crusades and, you know, so many things that have been done in the name of, quote, Christianity that were heinous. Yeah. And not really, not God-directed. Not God-directed. Yeah. I'm not Uh, even saying they all have been. Yeah. No. But you've got to be able to wrestle with that. And so mm-hmm. whether it's the the unit the the uniformed or the one nature of God, right? That's that's a critical piece that we might share. And and even the fact that the God of the Bible, like don't be afraid of the fullness of who he is. And um, you know, trust the text 
to be the one that thing that reveals the three in one nature or reveals the fact that God says this in Joshua and this is in Matthew. And we've got to, we've got to deal with the complexities there. And with that, we'll say uh, this hopefully has raised questions in your mind. If you have any questions from what you just listened to, track one of us down, send us an email, call the office. Let's have a conversation. Thanks for listening. And we'll look forward to the next podcast.